Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears podcast. This is Aaron Warby, and I am here with my wife, Tarina Warby, once again. Hello out there. How are you doing? Oh, you're welcome. For those of you joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in in, uh, financial education and celebrating 25 years of service. All right. So today, (laughs) the podcast uh, title is June Gloom or Not. Hmm. Yeah. So the the thing is, is that the Fed decision is out. Yeah. And uh, people generally, at least the experts generally expected that the Fed was going to pause this time. And they did. They did. Right? They did. And and you saw the markets react yeah, by so going was... down <laughs> well, <laughs> in some, some, okay. some places. Yeah. So, so just as expected, you know, a, um, one of one of the people here in the office, he, he trades and and uh, he asked me the night before the Fed decision, you know, he said, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, you know, I don't know that there's much of a secret that the Fed is going to pause on this one. You know, the real secret is is, is how the, um, the markets are going to react. And so what I expected was before the announcement, we're going to see a further push up. Mm-hmm. Now, the, um, the, the S&P and, and most of the indexes were already in what we would call a, high, a supply zone, right? Yeah. In fact, they were they were pretty high already outside of supply zone. Right. They pushed up enough that this year um, that we actually technically got out of the bear market. Yeah. All right. Um, however. But it was it was going close to an all-time high supply zone. So yes, like, it was. And I saw that and I was like, well, and I took a short and then like I was paper trading because I'm learning a new platform because I switched platforms and I don't take live trades you, until I know. <laughs> until you know how to trade on platform. that platform, Good right? Good thing, because Good she thing. didn't know how to how to uh, set a stop. I didn't know how to set a stop. <laughs> and I didn't listen to you and this and this person that works here who trades when you guys, when y'all were talking and having your powwow or I wasn't paying attention. And so I, I took, I shorted and I, I did good and I was really happy with that trade. And I was like, oh, sweet, right? And then I, then, then I, I decided to buy it back and... A, I didn't double check the price I went into. So I, so here's all the things that like a novice trader does. And I'm just, anyways, but I mean, I'm, I, I trade, but like, I, I just, it's a new platform. And so I didn't, I, I thought I put in the right price and I thought I did all those things, but I didn't double check. And so then I bought it at the wrong price to go into. So I immediately got in and I was like, what the crap? And then I thought it was going to go up and it didn't and then it started to go it went up and I was making my I was like okay I called it did that and I should have just gotten out then I should because I would have had a very nice little like profit on that paper trade right and I hadn't figured out how to set a stop on this stupid platform yet and so anyways so then it turned and it went down and I was like well I should have stayed in the first dumb short that I did (laughs) that day right and so I was really kind of upset at myself and I was like well maybe it will turn it will turn and I was doing all the like no-nos that are against my rules right and I was like you're emotionally trading I was I was emotionally trading and I was (laughs) it proved the whole theory (laughs) in online trading academy right there right and like all the things that they 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 teach us and I was so grateful I was in a paper trade because like well let's see where it goes I'm okay with that and Finally, at $560 loss, I was like, it's time to call it a day. Like, I <laughs> called this one really wrong, right? And then it went down even more today. And I was like, I'm glad I just finally just pulled that trade and just said, okay, that's it. And I was really glad it was paper trade. So if I have any advice for people is to keep your rules and to um, 
and to always figure out to, how to place your stops well, before you start doing dumb things, but to paper trade when you're learning a new platform. Yes, yes. Well, and, and that's exactly right. I was going to compliment you because you did it exactly right. Even though you've traded in the past mm -hmm. with a new platform, you always paper trade until you get used to the new platform. Yeah, because they have their own ways of putting things in, and I think they do yes. it on purpose so that like they can get your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, they certainly would have... That, that certainly would have helped um, them along with, with that trade for you, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I would have totally cried if that was a real trade. Yeah. I would have been like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so stupid. Did everything but wrong. you're not because you did it right. Because it you're paper learning traded. I'm learning. You paper but so, so that Very pause, good. so I, I, I feel like it created like what a bull trap. Or it was a bull trap. It was a bull trap yeah. where everybody thinks it's still going to go up and then it goes down. And I was like, all right. That was yeah. my first bull trap that I got caught in. And I'm really glad. Well, and so, you know, for those... That was of, paper. <laughs> yeah. So for those that don't know what's going on in the markets or, or aren't as aren't as educated as they should mm -hmm. be in the markets, you know, they would have looked at that and said, oh, okay, I see it going up in the morning before the, the Powell announcement mm -hmm. and we're expecting a pause and therefore it should keep going up. And then they would have been very disappointed or losing money. Yeah. Um, when right after the announcement, it went down. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is it was in that high supply uh, zone, just yeah. like you said. It was, yeah. And because the markets expected the pause, they'd already built it in anyway. And so yeah. that was what we would call a bull trap. Yeah. It was for the, it was for the uninitiated too. And it wasn't out. just like, oh, in, in like an ETF fund. I mean, it was, it was all over the place. There were bull yes. traps just like everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I think mine was in, in an oil futures contract. Yeah. <laughs> so now like, the right. news, of course, you know, they had their own spin on it. Oh, it went down, you know, um, after the announcement because uh, here Chairman Powell is being hawkish. No, those and guys saying, knew. Those guys knew. Well, of course they knew. Before and, he was going to make the announcement. Yeah, I mean, there's he, people in the know. Yeah. He saying. said, all right, we're thinking maybe two more rate hikes this year. Again, nothing unexpected. Yeah. Nothing unexpected. And, but, and they're telling us before this, so they'd be like, hey, Hey, yep. we didn't create the bull trap. It just happened. You know, they're like, <laughs> we gave you fair warning, traders. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, if, <laughs> if nothing else should convince you that this is a manipulated market, that should have. Yeah. You know, um, it really should have. And if you're not on the inside, then you're likely to lose. That's just all there is to it. Unless you understand, hey, and you'll watch, like, well, the markets will go up and then it gets really, really quiet. And it's waiting for that, mm -hmm. for the announcements. And then the announcement comes out and then, whoop. Everything happens either up or down, and yep, it dropped right off. And, and so, yeah, you had um, you had people ready to short. The, the, you know, those that knew what they were doing, ready to short, short, and you had them running it up, and then selling it off. Yeah, just at the market peak, you know, and not not selling it off too much to force it back down, but they were keeping it right there where just everybody elevated. was there, just giving it enough volume of of trade to uh, to, keep to keep it, it going right where it was, and then they were. And then they drop it. That's exactly right. So if you're not on the inside, you're likely to lose. So if you want to trade, you, you know, really, you need to become an insider. You need to learn how it works and actually start trading like an expert. And what and what the and what the announcements can do to a chart or what it's going to create and and stops. Yeah. Remember your stops. Well, yeah. So <laughs> if, if you really look at the markets, you'll notice that that any of the announcements or the reports or anything like that is actually built into the market two days in advance. I don't care what it is, you know, an yeah. oil report's going to come out. No, everything in the oil market prices it in two days in advance. Because, you know, when the report comes out, if you think that you're the first one to see that report, uh, you need to... 
You're wrong. Take a deep look in, in the mirror, look yourself in the eye and... and uh, well, the government knows about it, so... Well, yeah, and the oil companies know about it. Everybody oh, the knows oil about company it. Knows about right? it. Okay, so everybody's already prepared. it's being built prepared. into the price before it comes out. And so if there you are trying to react to the report instead mm-hmm. of to the chart, you're on the losing side. <laughs> You've done it right to the report, but wrong to, to the play. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it can, it can turn, but you, you need to, you need to be wise. Yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, um, the, the experts really know this. In fact, one of the most famous of, uh, of traders and investors is, is Warren Buffett and Charlie yeah. Munger. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's right hand man. Mm-hmm. All right. Warren Buffett never takes, makes an investment without Charlie approving of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and both Warren and Charlie are more longer term type. They're, they're investors, not mm-hmm. traders as much. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to it, they're always giving people really good advice yeah. as to how they do it. They don't hold back, you know, and, and here Charlie Munger is recently, and he's comparing the stock market uh, and especially stock market gambling to a heroin addiction. And he's saying, we've got all kinds of people in here and they don't know what they're doing. And they're just addicted to the gamble. They're addicted to the play. Yeah. Which is, I think, a very, you know, an excellent, um, excellent way to look at it because, uh, you know, there's a reason that Las Vegas is open. (laughs) Hint, everybody knows that when you go to Vegas, the house wins. Everybody (laughs) already knows that, but they go anyway and they donate their money to the city of Las Vegas, you know, the casinos there Mm -hmm. when they go because they get a thrill out of it. And that's what Charlie Munger is saying is going on in the, in the markets. All right. Yeah. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you really are gambling. I don't like gambling myself. Like I do on the platforms, but I pay per trade. (laughs) Pay per trade. And then I figure it out. And and I know you guys are going, hey, there's YouTube videos for that. And I'm like, I know, but I didn't do it. So. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I I would love to say, I would love to say that this is going to end when the market actually does, does drop. Like it is likely to here in the next little while, okay? I don't know. I'd love to say that it's just going to knock that gambling out, but I don't think so. I don't think so either because if you look at 2020 uh, when COVID-19 happened and everything just went down, Mm -hmm. it didn't stay down for long. It actually made major new highs. And so I feel like... I feel like it didn't stay down long enough. Like normally when you have something that drops like that, it stays down for a little while, right? Or am I wrong? That's true. That's true. But it went down thinking that businesses were going to lose. And then the Fed came in saying, we're going to print money and give it to businesses. That's why it went back up. Oh, okay. So there was a fundamental reason for that. Now, the thing is, is that I don't think that gamblers ever wise up because Las Vegas is still around. Well, every now and then gamblers a gambler wises up and they learn what they need to do. And Well, yeah, it. my class are full of people that thought that they were going to be geniuses in the market and then tried it and lost. And then now they're coming in trying to figure out how to actually do it right. You know, that that's or how to, how to mitigate their risk more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like they're like, well, oh, I, stop. Like how I many I don't know how many well, times I've heard is, someone say, wait, you can put it. You can put a stop in there. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, to protect yeah. yourself. So So the thing is, is that they, they already know it works, right? Yeah. They, they've seen it happen. They've seen it work for some people. And they simply assume that the only thing to do is go and be a stock picker. You just pick the right stock that's going to go up. Yeah. And obviously all of us are geniuses at that. That's why 
we go to the markets without any training. <laughs> but that's also why we lose because yeah. that's, you know, our thought is that's, that's how it works. It doesn't. That's not how it works, you know. It, there's there's a, a way that it works and there's a lot of ways that it doesn't. And if you haven't, if, if you don't know what you're doing, if you haven't been trained, mm-hmm. you're probably going to find a lot of ways that don't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. You learn so, from the school of hard knocks. Yes. And hard knocks is a very expensive school, by the way. Yeah. yeah, so one of the reasons for the for, for the Fed pause is likely found in the strength of the dollar. Now the dollar has been an, you know close it, it's been climbing, it's been at an mm-hmm. all-time high and everybody thinks, "Oh, that's great." But from a trade perspective, it's not great. Because when the dollar is really high, that's mm-hmm. a dollar being high compared to other currencies out there. Meaning that if you're in Europe, all of a sudden buying US goods me- you becomes know, way more, more expensive. Yeah, beca- it takes more euros than than it used to, and so now you you have People the choice buy between buying U.S. made goods or Chinese made goods that all of a sudden aren't going up so yeah. fast in price, mm-hmm. right? And, and so um, the U.S. companies start losing value when we've got a strong dollar. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the. Federal Reserve tries to protect commerce by regulating that. And so knocking the dollar down a little bit, you know, is... Is a way to do that. Is a way to help, yeah, control the so trade. So things don't become overinflated. That's exactly right. And so if the Fed pauses, it weakens the outlook for the dollar. Okay. And that uh, brings it back into parity. Okay. All right. Now, ultimately, not controlling infl- inflation is really much more damaging. Okay, and so pausing, there's a there's many, especially the, the investor class that are really upset about the pause, mm-hmm. because inflation is just eating everybody up. It's it's really, it's really hurting a lot of people in terms of their of their portfolio for retirement. Yeah, right. And that continuing is a really bad thing, and so they want you know the the investors want it stopped. The traders are absolutely fine with it. Don't care, right? Anyway, um, but, you know, here we are with, with the dollar already, you know, now weakening, but the dollar being strong, companies are having problems, and we've got more bad news out there that I just want to alert everybody to. I've already talked about Jeremy Siegel a little bit, I think, right? Jeremy Siegel, perpetual bull. Yeah, he's always like, it's up. Always talking about it up, and now he is calling for a recession. Deutsche Bank analysts indicate that the U.S. has a 100% chance of recession this year, and avoiding a hard landing would be historically difficult. <laughs> wow. Right? Hard landing, by the way, meaning a really bad recession. Historically difficult. I'm, I'm picturing like a gymnast or a <laughs> diver doing this like perfect. Historic dive. Historic diver yeah. flip or something that, you know, and then lands it and nails it. And it's like, there you go. Deutsche Bank. German. Ah, we got gotcha. you. Yep. But... It- but I think they're kind of right. I think they're well, a yeah, right. you know, and and Jeremy Siegel being the perpetual bull, he's saying this right after we, you know, celebrated that we were out of the bear market because yeah. we've climbed that. You know, the 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 market has climbed that much this year. Wow. Now Jeremy Siegel understands things even better than I do, and what he's seeing is it, when you have the GDP growing at only 1.1%, mm-hmm. right? Gross domestic product, meaning everything that is produced in the United States, the money that is being made in the United States <clears throat> um, year over year is only one, it, it's only 1.1% yeah. higher than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and yet the market has gone up, up 15 percent it's just outrageous it's like uh, yeah, because the market is supposed to be if you're fundamentals the market is supposed to kind of reflect the gdp well yeah when, i mean when you the have, companies when you have the gdp growing yeah. That reflects the growth of the entire, entire nation, nation, the entire market. And you've got that at 15% in the entire nation. All of the businesses put together only growing at 1.1. 1. 1. 1. You've got a mismatch somewhere. And right? I mean, how are they able to even bring in profit? I mean, I, I guess with inflation, well, what's inflation? There's actually only five companies that have been going up enough to push. I mean, all of the gains in the markets have come down to just five companies, right? We've got Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA. Um, Amazon and um, Google and Facebook. Facebook. Or no, Google. You're right, Google. Google. Yeah, Facebook uh, did its Meta. trick, and, and now it's just kind of going sideways, Meta. Um, yeah, so it's those five companies that have really pushed things up, and because they're so heavily weighted mm-hmm. in all of the indexes, mm-hmm. it's been pushing the it, – it looks like everything's going well. Yeah. But besides those five companies, everything else has been either flat or down. Yeah. Right, because these five companies aren't up fifteen percent; they're up like thirty-nine, forty percent. Now wow. that doesn't make any sense either. Well, to me, right? it kind of does because it feels like the Pacific Bell or the AT and T of you know, or the you're talking about blue chips. Blue chips. To yeah. me, I almost feel like it is the two thousands. That is the blue chips of the nineteen hundreds. And, and so, so here in the information I can't age, I'm the blue chips of nineteen hundreds. Yeah, here in the information yeah. <laughs> age, we've switched uh, blue chips. From, you know, from the old steadies yeah, I to, mean, to yeah. the new tech. Yeah. All right. And, and the fundamentalists out there, of course, are going to have some problems with that because the debate is, you know, of course, that, that something like Google, even though it has performed well and, uh, you know, and so, has, has a lot of good things going for it, you know, all of a sudden France uh, sues Google and, and forces it to do th- some things that are outside of its, uh, of its main... Uh, working area which yeah. is what's happening right now okay okay and now it has to divide and it has to give up some of its uh um you know some of it its customer base to another you know to opera or something like that oh so they're basically saying that they are monopoly they're too much of a monopoly and so all of a sudden they get broken up because these tech <laughs> companies really they're services and they have nothing but air under them yeah right then you have the Apples and the Microsofts and things like that. And even though they've shown a lot of strength, especially over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, again, um, you know, Apple was was nothing compared to, um, you know, back in the early 2000s. It was it was another phone. What was it called? The one with the little keyboard on the front? Motorola? Started with an R. Uh, um, you know. Oh, anyway. I know what you're talking about, like the crack thing. <laughs> Blackberry? Blackberry. Thank you. Blackberry. That was the big phone, and that was owned by a different company, and that was the big company to beat, and everybody thought it was a juggernaut until Apple. New Tech came along. And knocked it out. And knocked it out. Yeah. And so everybody's looking at it saying, all right, well, Apple is big right now, but can New Tech come along and just knock it out? Because tech is like that. Intel, juggernaut. Not now. NVIDIA. It now outweighs Intel and yeah. has for the last, what, five or six years. Oh, I know. And it was that. kind of an overnight takeover. And so <laughs> calling it a blue chip is, is going to be a little bit hard for a fundamentalist. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that the fundamentalist isn't going to look at it. The I same guess way. I guess looking at it for me is it's just like it had the power mm-hmm. that those blue chip stocks had. And I mean and it's interesting that they're saying, Hey, you're such a big monopoly to Google because when they made oh the the motor oil guy 
What mm-hmm. is his name? Oh, shoot. Motor was, oil or Motorola? No, motor oil in the early 1900s. He was, uh, he's from Ohio and he, he, okay. he started, not um, Vanderbilt. STP, you're talking, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah know you know, it's, it's, it's not Vanderbilt. It no, was, um, no, no. oh, you know what no, I'm talking Rockefeller. about. Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yeah. yeah. They did the same thing here in the United States and they're like, you're just getting too big and you're just too rich yep, and blah, Monopoly. blah, blah. Monopoly. And so then he ended up breaking up all of his companies, right? He became even richer. Yes. Because he owned all of the companies. <laughs> because he owned all of them was getting more dividends. He's like, I mean, he thought it was the worst thing. And then he's like, it turned out really well for me. <laughs> I mean, so like, I'm like, well, I hope that's not what's happening there. Well, I think that probably Google investors are hoping that that's exactly what happens. Yeah, I know. guess that would be a good idea, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, so that's what's going on in Europe. Now, back to the United States. Uh, so hidden in Chairman Powell's comments, he admits that some of the banks are vulnerable to the commercial real estate holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a scary thing. You know, but th- that's probably what's also going to lend to a hard landing because really when the banks start struggling, they tighten credit, businesses, uh, you know. Businesses, interest rates go up. In, well, yeah, interest rates at the bank level go up. Mm-hmm. And that means that businesses start suffering because they don't have easy credit anymore. Yeah. Um, so they tighten the reins on everything, including advertising, and that starts sending things down. And th- that's, yeah. that's why, you know, we're looking partially why we're probably looking at a harder landing than was first suspected. All right. Um, So in short, you know, don't get too comfortable with the recent upward movement of the market because it might not last. Be cautious. Be cautious. Take your, you know, be, make sure that you're, you're following your rules and mitigating your risk. Right. Now, to temper that, of course, volume is... I mean, but things can go crazy because, like, <laughs> it's the stock market. Well, so, yeah, you well, know, that's, so that's kind of what I was going to talk of about positive, here. but kind of cautious. Yeah. There you go. Because the markets have been a little bit more volatile lately. But, you know, the thing is, is that um, market participation in volume has been dropping since the beginning of the year. And Deutsche Bank predicts that volume will drop by another 20%. And this is because some of the larger trading units, and especially those banks that... Um, you know, that can't trade anymore because uh-huh. many of, you know, much of their funding is being used to cover uh, the deposits. Yeah. Especially as, re- you know, the real estate, commercial real estate starts struggling and defaulting. Um, they're not going to be able to trade. And that's actually a large part of the market. But when that wow. happens, things get kind of crazy. All right. Either there's a sell off. Okay. Or. What's left over after the market makers exit is just a whole bunch of emotional people. Okay. Excuse me. Now, does that mean that uh, the market is going to go down? Not necessarily, because again, retail people uh, are trained to believe that it's always should be going up. And so they continue buying up. even Why is there a correction here? Oh my gosh, listen to my voice. It just got really crazy. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, they're thinking that it should go up because they don't know any better, Yeah, I guess. And, and so, you know, as the market makers start exiting, anything could happen, really. It right? could, and it could be anybody. You know, that's why it's important to understand risk management and to be, to, in, you know, take the trades where you see them. Well, but only take the trades where you see the volume. Yeah. Where you see very light volume, those trades are not going to be safe. Yeah, those are it doesn't those matter are, what it looks like. Yeah, those are those can be very into, those yeah. can be very scary. Yeah. If you don't have enough volume in there. And the volume has been going down in the stock market, hasn't it? Like in the last like 
couple of months, that's what they're seeing is that like yes, there's not yes, as much the volume, volume has been dropping. Like in the S and P. In the S and P all over the place. Yeah. And and that's what the banks are saying. There's they're expecting the volume to continue to drop. To, or that's what I'm sorry, Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is saying specifically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so And that's right? kind of a sign. If the volume's going down, then who are the which market players are in there? You know? Yeah. Right. So, you know, is is uh is Charlie Munger right? Well, you know, good traders know how to work with falling markets and are good to to stay in profit from that. Yeah. <clears throat> but even good traders are going to have a hard time not being gamblers when there is really thin volume. Well, and this week, so we have these things called extended learning tracks where you can watch like um, where you work with it. You look at a trader and they're saying, okay, this is where I'm seeing the demand. This is where I'm seeing the supply zones and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I actually, this week, um, a couple of times when I was watching these traders, they would just say, I don't see anything in here. I'm moving to another chart. Yes. And they would just move to another chart. And they're like, if you don't see those zones, like the supply zones, the demand zones, that's what we call them in our school, you know, if you don't see that, right, the buyers or the sellers, you need to move on to another chart. And there was, there was a chart that they were, that they were looking at one day and the guy was like, I'm not touching this chart today. I don't know if it was the SPY. It was something that he just looked at and he said, nope. And he just went on to another is, chart yeah. and then he just tried to drill it in her heads even more. He's like, I'm telling you, there are trades there, but you have to start go looking for them. And I, when I looked at that chart, when he said, no, I'm not trading there, I was like, oh, good. Because I was thinking, where are you going to find like these zones to be trading where, where it mitigates your risk? And I couldn't see it because there was wiping out where I felt like people were putting their stops in. Yeah. And well, and, and that's the perfect thing to do. You yeah. know, you uh, traders and especially professionals only work with what is predictable. And so when they open something up and they can't see anything predictable, then yeah. there is absolutely no use trying to trade it. Go on to something else. You'll find mm -hmm. something eventually that is predictable. Yeah. You just have to know where to look and how to look at it. Right. Yeah. But with with uh, things, you know, in the general economy being as as bad as they are. Um, and even Jeremy Siegel's, you know, uh, saying that things are bad. Yeah. What do you do? And I think for people that are investing, not trading, investing. Wealth right, management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wealth management. Then besides buying puts. Yeah. These puts are called protective puts for a reason. You know, they guard against market losses. And at least, uh, you know, one, um, at least one news commentator had a, had a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. um, he talked about what else you could do. He said, look, the stock market may be not so good right now, but you need to start looking outside of what you would generally consider the market. Yeah. Um, because there are things that are probably going to fare just as well. You know, are people going to stop driving? If not, then maybe oil is still good. Yeah. And if you know how to trade in the futures market, then it might be even better. And oil has been going down. So it's getting into a place where you may want to, you know, yeah. take a look at. Well, and it's it been really buy. channel locked. Yeah. I mean, really channel locked in between, uh, what, 68 and 75? Oh, it's lower today. It was lower than 60. I, well, I, I guess I'm looking at morning. a futures. I was looking at yeah. a futures contract. So I don't know. I was monitoring. I'm not monitoring it right now. So. <laughs> yep, but oh, it, we're was, recording it was down this, around so the 60, yeah, 68. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was getting down it was 67 there. and change. But, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, right around the, the 68 to uh, 75 range, is, it's really been channel locked yeah. for some time. But that channel lock Thank doesn't you, mean Putin. that that's bad. But I'd like to see it reflected in the 
price in the pump. At the okay? pump, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But channel lock does not mean it's bad. It means yeah. good uh, good trading opportunities because it comes becomes pretty predictable at those levels. Yeah. You know. Um, so, but then there's also the uh, metals market mm-hmm. and that's been channel locked lately and a mm-hmm. good, again, good trading and probably not bad for investors if they're thinking that the market's going to go down because metals don't necessarily sync with companies, with stocks and especially gold. I mean, there have been some times in the recent future where it has been following the market. And so that was kind of wonky and weird, but it has, I mean, but it's you're... divorced itself from the market recently. Yeah. So. And when I say recently, it was, what, four or five months ago anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so look beyond. You know, there, there are other things. And if you don't know where to find them, then, you know what, come in and, uh, and, and take one of our classes because we can kind of help Yeah. You. Come and take it's a three-hour classes six. and and see more than just the stock market. You know, see, we got Forex, we got options we got futures markets yeah. and you you know see about that or ask about the strategic investor be like yo you know i have wealth and i want to i want to learn more about it and how to protect my wealth yeah and so come on in let's right. find out and, but, you know one of the things that you shouldn't do is just sit there and watch it coming yeah i mean really so you know i talk to some people and and let me just put this in perspective all right even jeremy siegel is saying hey we, we could be looking at a 25 percent uh, drop in the markets and I, I hear some people say, well, you know, I don't want to pay the taxes and I don't really lose until I've sold. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I think I'm just going to ride this one out instead of paying the taxes. All right. Well, if you've held it for more than 365 days, your tax burden is 15 percent. Now, it's if you bad. take a 25 ride, you know, percent ride down. Mm hmm. That's 10 percent more than simply paying the taxes. <laughs> Why would you do that? Right. So put a stop in there. If it happens, if it happens not to drop all that much, if you get it with, get back in with the same number of stocks in 30 days, no tax burden. Okay. Um, That's really nice. Yeah, it, it really is. So, you know, set things up to, to protect yourself because nobody else is going to protect you yeah. if you don't. Yeah. Wait, okay, can I get some clarification? So, sure. okay, so I bought I have I have 100 stocks. And sure. I get out 100 shares. 100 shares. Sorry. Right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm a little tired. 100 shares and um and I get out like I get out at the top market and then it drops like 20 points or something. Within within a month. Within a month. Okay, 30 days, 30 With calendar. 30 days, days right? it goes down, you know, some Goes right. down twenty points, and I decide I'm going to buy a hundred shares again. Yeah, buy the same. You've got to buy the same stock with the same number of shares. With the same number of shares, it's not the money, yeah. but it's the share amount, and it's then the you're share not. Amount. Now taxed. you will. You no. Well, there will be the tax on on the money that on I the keep profit on the profit that you've taken. Okay, but not on. Okay, that's where I want to clarify because I'm like, yeah. mm, I'm pretty sure the profit. So. No, no. So yeah, the, the profit. But what I'm saying is if it drops just a little bit and then starts coming back and you buy in at the same level. Yeah. No profit taken. No profit taken. That, then uh, no taxes. No taxes. Yeah. Yeah. But if you yeah. do have a profit, then, then yeah, you got to pay you, the taxes on that. If you retain that. a profit from where your buy to sell or your, mm-hmm. your sell to buy is mm-hmm. um, after buying back the 100 shares, then there there is a tax 
Yeah. You'll, you'll take taxes on that, but you've got it. A, you've got the same number of shares at a much lower rate. It's yeah. well worth it. Yeah. Right? Um, did we confuse anyone? So give us a call. Well, if, yeah, if we <laughs> and did, we'll clear it up. Come into one of our classes here, all right? <laughs> online Trading Academy. The classes are really easy to get to. Um, we've got them free. We've got them online. All right. Um, but in person is always better. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I've been teaching a lot of those three day or three hour classes. Yeah. So come in and you'll get, um, yeah, see what, see how the markets really work. Uh, we go over the stocks, options, futures, and Forex. And if some of those and bonds, by the way, and so if some of those, you don't know what they are, or you want to know more, just, uh, come in for those three hours again, free. All right. And you can register for that class. Just go online. It's www.tradingacademy.com and you'll find a class near you. Okay? Yep. Now you can register and again, it costs you nothing to try it out. So I hope to see you there and we'll see you next time.